Make no mistake, there are more guns than citizens in the U.S. There are 331 million men, women, children, and infants living here. There are 393 million guns here, giving each person 1.2 guns each. This far exceeds gun ownership in any other country. Yemen is the next highest gun ownership country, but has only a half gun per resident. We in the U.S. have a long and nostalgic connection with firearms. Our cannons and flintlock rifles were effective in freeing us from the rule of Britain's King George. That war lasted eight years, mainly due to his stubbornness in giving up the American colonies. Remember that the push westward by settlers required every household to have a rifle to defend against attacks by Indians whose land we were moving into. We had guns, and so did some Indians who traded furs with the Dutch, but we had more guns than they, which seems a lesson learned which is staying with us even to this day. Whenever there is a mass shooting in the U.S., and this year one averages nearly two shootings every day, gun sales improve. It seems that the answer to more gun violence is more gun ownership, and so it goes. Our Constitution contains the right to bear arms, or in regular language, we are permitted to protect ourselves with a firearm weapon. The writers of the Constitution knew well that if our democracy was to survive, then no citizen should be overrun by an armed militia attacking an unarmed citizenry. There is some good thinking behind that principle. Of course, there are limits as to what is reasonable firepower, flamethrowers, grenade launchers, and ground-to-air missiles are beyond what the average adult requires to protect themselves. The line is blurred somewhat because gun technology has moved faster than we can keep up. A legal weapon will deliver 90 shots in 10 seconds, probably more than a homeowner needs confronting an intruder. Recalling the flintlock rifle, when the Constitution was approved, fired a maximum of three shots per minute and one in every seven rounds misfired. Compared what was available then, we now have an accurate, reliable weapon 180 times more deadly than in earlier times. Gun laws are made by states, by localities, and by federal legislation. Laws are passed by politicians, and financial contributions are vitally important to every office holder. Right now, the money is on the side of gun owners and gun manufacturers, not so much with the parents of students shot at Columbine, Marjorie Douglas High, Sandy Hook, and other shootings. Without money provided to politicians, without political power, given to parents of slain children and school survivors, without 
the means of identifying potential perpetrators and intervening, without effective communication by persons aware early on of planned violence, then nothing will be done to decrease school shootings. Here are some facts. The median age of school shooters is 16 years old. If a weapon were not available to them, then shooting violence would cease. Four out of five shootings happen with someone already aware of, but failing to report the threat. Worse yet, mass shootings in the U.S. are increasing, not decreasing. We don't have a handle on this yet. Gun owners most often are very reasonable and responsible citizens. Some are not. Most illegal guns, I am told by the police, are stolen from cars and most of those cars were unlocked. That's not being responsible. It should carry a penalty, but it does not, because then gun owners would be even more likely to fail to report the loss. We Americans in the U.S. are so in love with our history of independence that we glorify the role of each citizen against a potentially restrictive government. One of our flags has the words, Don't tread on me, with a picture of a snake under them. Truly, democracy is in peril when armed thugs take over against an unarmed citizenry. But we have so much firepower, legal firepower, that the writers of the Constitution had no idea. They simply had no idea. And where do we go from here?